is this? Who is this? Um, who's calling? Um, who's calling? Gail, Dewey, whoever, um, call me back. I can only hear myself. I only hear you too, Sydney. Who is this? The question isn't who I am. The question is, who's with me? Sydney, stay away! Sydney! Don't do it. If you do one thing to attract attention to yourself, one thing, I'll kill them both. Now, you have somewhere we can be alone. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward. I guess the reviews are pretty good, though, so far for the new Scream. Uh, I'm kind of keeping myself away from trailers and reviews in general. But, you, you know, you get those kind of, you, get, you see the stars, you see the people on Facebook might say something real quick. Um, have, you, have you read anything up with the new Scream yet? Just a couple of the reviews um, that they are, have a couple of big twists in it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, finding out what they are. Yeah. Perhaps maybe even a, a, re, a returning character or two. But, uh, see, to be honest, I, I'm usually the, I'm the sort of person that, that reads spoilers. I, I, I love spoilers. But uh, then after don't. it, I kick myself. Yeah, I kick myself after it. Um, so I'm trying to s- stop doing that, you know. It's me being impatient, basically. Well, just don't watch the trailer because the trailer gives everything away. They did that. Same, oh yeah, they did the same thing with fucking Halloween Kills. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's that's a that's a, a running thread these days. You know, I think Terminator Genesis was um, one of the worst offenders where it gave away the big twist in the trailer. Yeah, I think that was on the poster actually. Yeah, but John Connor. Yeah. Um, hey everybody! Uh, thanks for joining us here. Our listeners are eavesdropping there. I appreciate you joining the conversation. Uh, welcome to Citizen Frame. I'm Kieran, the host. I'm joined here with Trevor, and Hello. we are going to be continuing our retrospective of the Scream franchise. If you're just uh, jumping into the conversation, there we were kind of talking about how we. I'm trying to avoid trailers and reviews and stuff of the film because i want you know i'm like a little kid in a candy store i don't want to load too much yet and uh to save it for the big saturday showdown uh when me and myself myself and trevor go attend the film so i'm looking Looking forward forward to it it. yeah this has been a fun retrospective um but let's just jump right into this one it was going to happen the trilogy uh, scream three this will be the concluding chapter of the scream franchise well until four, not yeah, five. <laughs> Twelve years. But let's just jump right like what you did in the original, the last two podcasts. We talked about the opening sequence. The opening sequence is something that people always look forward to when they're watching a Scream film. You know, I watched the opening one. And the one thing they did differently, and like I said in the, in the last couple podcasts there, that at least the opening sequence, they tweak something differently. The first one, you had an A-list actor who's on the poster, lead, ready to go for the film. They kill her off in the beginning. The second one, um, they kind of tweaked it a bit. You got two deaths in a public setting, but they kind of remade the beginning of the Scream 1 in the second act of Scream 2. It was clever in its own right. This one, they decide to kill a main character from the franchise in the beginning. It's pretty much what they tweaked. And that cotton. is cotton weary. I liked the fact the voice box was a girl. I thought that was fun. Yeah, that that the voice box could imitate all of the the voices. 
Yeah, I I like the fact that you know he's he she is is hitting is hitting on cotton and he's going with it. However, considering it's cotton wearing, he's kind of whether it was a smaller part in the first one, obviously, and then the second one he picked up a little bit. I thought it was kind of it was entertaining, but it just didn't have the the spark or the bite as the first two did. I think that could be said about the film overall. What did you think about the opening? I, I thought it was quite well executed, pun intended. And I can sort of understand that, you know, Cotton Weary's story was sort of wrapped up at the end of the second one. So I can understand why they were sort of, you know, wanting to kill him off. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, for me, it worked pretty well. And it was quite effective. But as you say, it just didn't have the, the same punch or same effect as especially the first one, but also the second one. Well, I kudos do, to them for do, trying to do something different. Different writer now. Yes. Uh, Kevin Williamson was too busy doing other stuff, so they got uh, Aaron Kruger, who uh, yeah. did a great film called Arlington Road. You guys want to mm-hmm. watch a great little... Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins and Jeff Ridges, great little film. Um, you know, he's, he's a solid uh, screenwriter, so... Um, so you're going to have different takes, I suppose you can say. Um, I do like the fact when Cotton where he gets it when he gets stabbed in the chest and all he wants to find out, all the killers trying to find out at this point is where Sydney is. Obviously yes. he doesn't give up anything. And then you see that it cuts away beautifully. He stabs him in the head, but you don't see it. It's just, it cuts away so quickly that they introduce obviously the screen three title. It's fast paced opening. It's not as clever but it does introduce us to the new voice box this film also overall is much less violent than than the other ones in the series and it's more comedic the original opening sequence i don't know where they could go with it because again they've had script problems with this one not because of it was shit it was because leaking of of the killer and they had a three different scripts and so forth now what they wanted to do in the original script was the opening sequence which I really would have liked, but I don't know what they could have done with it, is Sydney is watching a movie with her friend. and she gets, Yes, I read that as well. Yeah, and her friend, Sydney gets a phone call, but her friend takes the call, mm-hmm. uh, which they kind of show in the new script. We'll get, we'll get to the next screen movie. But her friend takes the call, and again, it's, what's your, you know, it's, it's the stalker and blah, what's blah. What's your favorite scurdy movie? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, he ends up being in the closet, and he pops out, and Sydney caps him. Because obviously she's prepared, and she kills uh-huh. him. But it turns out it was one of her friends just playing a prank. Yeah, it was a fan or something um, um, playing a prank. Apparently, it was originally written or something, yeah. something along those lines. I thought that would have been kind of neat to start with. A that. dark, a but dark yeah, as hell. You know what? Why not? Yes, this is the one thing the franchise never really. It would be original. Yeah, but I can understand why they couldn't. Because how do you play off what we get? Um, so once we know, yeah, so. I, do I like remember. F- I remember whenever it was first released, and I first watched it, being annoyed that Cotton Weary was killed off so quick because I always liked the character. Yeah, but that you know, sometimes you never know what, ha- what happens behind closed yeah. doors. Maybe Lee Schreiber was he's starting to make it big. He did a really cool film called The Mature- Maturian Candidate with yes. Denzel Washington. Was the, the remix? Yeah. yeah. So he was starting to get find himself. Maybe he just didn't want to be in it anymore. Apparently, you know? it, um, from what I've read, apparently it was his suggestion to kill his character off in the opening sequence. There you go. 
Yeah. And it could be. Um, I do like the fact that kept Sydney more still grounded. She's a counselor and she's in hiding. Um, so I, I like the fact the one thing the screen films do. Um, well, we'll get to Gail here in a second. But with at least what they do for most of the characters, the, con- the continuity of them, they keep their, their persona the same. Yes. They don't sell out the characters. Um, and they certainly didn't do that with Sydney and with Dewey. However, I, I, now I, I did read as well um, that apparently um, Kruger's original script for it, um, it wasn't true to the characters, and it was then rewritten by, um, uncredited by Wes Craven. Yeah, and Wes would be completely right. Yes. Because the great thing about this franchise is the continuity. Um, this one kind of veers away. But we'll certainly dig a little deeper. Let's get one thing out of the way. What the fuck is with Courtney Cox's haircut? Yeah. <laughs> the bull yeah. haircut. What the fuck was that? Yeah. Uh, it's always interesting to watch her, her different looks in, in each of the films, you know? Oh, but that yeah. was... Not that I meant... Yeah, that, that's the worst one by far. Wow. I mean, she looked... And she lost, she lost a lot of weight. She looked horrible. Yes, she looked she very thin. Um, and there's even a line by Jennifer. Um, is it no, no, no? It's no. And that's where I am thinking of the fourth one. Sorry, it's not. But yes, she looked like she had lost too much weight in, in an unhealthy way. Yeah, she, she didn't look well. The bowl haircut um, didn't help either. The problem with this film is you had Scream One and Two. You liked the characters. You enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. You know, and you weren't bombarded. You kind of knew who everybody was, despite it might looking like a lot of characters. You were comfortable in their world, and you yeah. got to know them gradually, naturally, over the two films. The problem with this film is, well, two of the actors, Parker Posey, who I think is one of the most annoying actresses in, in film history. <laughs> she is so annoying and over-the-top childish as Jennifer. She's playing, she's the actress playing Gail Weathers in the yes. Stab 3 film. Then you also have a nice actress, Emily Mortimer, playing Angelina, who's so bad in this film. You roll your eyes at how bad it is. And that's the one thing the Scream films never did. Um, and you just said that they had some script rewrites. It shows with the characters. because I would, my, I suppose I'm sort of jumping ahead here, but I think ultimately what the issue is with Scream 3 overall is the lack of Kevin Williamson. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, let me give me give me give it ready. Cotton, Sydney, Gail, Dewey, Kincaid, Roman, Milton, Wallace, Tyson, Tom, Sarah, Angelina, Jennifer, and Steve. Fuck me, hell. Yeah, hut, hut, hut. I, I, you know, no, it's, no, it's, no, 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 no. A soccer team, a so- soccer team. <laughs> um, I always say American football when they say football. Um, <laughs> but it was just it was too much, and the movie plays on the whole fact, and it's fine with doing this that it, it's the third one. All bets are off. It's even said by Kincaid's character, Patrick Dempsey. All bets are off. So anything can happen. Here's the problem I have with that rule. I think they didn't use that rule for the film. I think they used it as a reason to be sloppy with the film. Yeah, they say all bets are off, but it was they played it pretty safe. And ultimately, there was no real major surprises. No major characters, apart from Cotton Weary, were killed off. Um, so they so they set it up as all bets are off, anything can happen, but really it's all the ones you expect to be killed, get killed. 
What what works for Scream? It's um, is the the claustrophobic feeling you get with it, whether it's in a college campus or Woodsboro. Here you got L.A., so you have all these different locations, mm-hmm. and and the the problem with this is that I think it thinks it's being smart when it's not. Yes, one hundred percent. It's basically someone trying to be Kevin Williamson, who's not Kevin Williamson. Yeah. You know? It was like um, a poor imitation of Kevin Williamson, and it was trying too hard to be meta with all these, you know, you had like Carrie Fisher playing someone who always gets mistaken for Carrie Fisher. I, uh, actually, and Silent, I do, I like that scene. I Jay and Silent cool. Bob pop up, you know. That was stupid. Um, one thing it did accurately predict, well, I wouldn't, well, predict is the wrong word, but there's obvious allusions here to Harvey Weinstein. Um, oh, yeah, me, the script. Yeah, that's... This is before, before. It, before it all came out. Mm-hmm. I have that in my yeah, the, the Me Too movement. Yes. Um, yeah, I was about to say that. And this is produced by the, we got to say it, Harvey Weinstein, unfortunately. But yes, uh, Bob Weinstein. Yeah, uh, the Weinstein's uh, produced it. Yes. So this is it's, to me. This you know, uh, in retrospect, this this film is you know w- w- ironic. The part of the script with um, Lance Henriksen's character. It's an obvious allusion to Harvey Weinstein. You know. Yeah. 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 Um. Let's. I mean, let's talk about. Let's get this scene out of the out of the way right now. Unfucking canny. The house explosion scene was the worst scene in this I film. I don't like that scene either. I. I um, yeah. It, it was, what were they thinking? And he, the guy, the guy runs back and he's reading the script as he's being faxed. Yeah. How how would you even time that? I mean, it yes. was so bad. The killings in Scream are fun and original. This was just what the fuck were they Gener- thinking? The, I I found the killings in, in Scream Three to be just generic. In fact, the whole sort of film just felt very generic, and it, it's by far the weakest of the series. By yeah, a long it, shot. it is, but it does have things working for it. And mm-hmm. let's talk about it. I like Sarah's death. Um, there was Jessica McCarthy. What's her do it? What's her name? Jenny, yeah, McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy. Yes, I like that because she's the dumb blonde, right? But she's reading the script. She thinks she's talking to Roman. Uh, spoiler alert: Roman is the killer. Um, yeah. But but she's a lot smarter than than what she what we would see, or if we just looked at her. Uh, she's playing the t- the dumb blonde. Yeah, yeah. But she's complaining. Why would she do this? Why Why would I answer yeah. the phone naked? Uh, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I liked her. Saying, I'm sick. I'm sick of um, being a 35 year old playing a, an 18 year old. Type yeah, thing. and that's ripping on the, the slasher. We talk about that all the time about the age yeah, of some of, of these actors and Greece and Greece as well. I mean, some of the you know the original film of Greece in 1978. I mean, some of the actors in that are touching 50 and they're playing 17 <laughs> year olds. Yeah, we talked about in Slumber Party Massacre. They're like 90. Yes. Yeah. Um, but. I like that, and so it gave me a little glimpse of what I saw from the. But there's not much to really, you know, hang on to here. With, I do like her death in the prop room when all the knives are rubber. Yes, and she's surrounded by co- extra costumes of this mask. It's it was fun, um, but and that was a good scream. What you'd get out of a scream film, but that's it. You had this whole relationship with uh, Steve, the bodyguard, and Dewey, which was just stupid. The bodyguard was pretty pointless. As well. Yeah, and it's and I think that's uh, uh, Patrick Wanamaker. He's a very funny actor, but wasted in, in this in this role. The you actor had, I forget his name, but the actor who plays Roman is actually pretty good on it. He's one of the highlights yeah, for me. Scott Foley, the finale. Yeah, Scott Foley. Yeah, Scott Foley was pretty good in it. Um, 
I really did like the scene. And it's all around probably the best part is where Sydney gets pretty much trapped or in her own her own house. And it's it's a I rebuild the of the set. And you, she goes in each room and she's panicking and she's being chased. And there's a great shot where she actually walks into the crime scene of her mom's crime scene. Covered in blood. Covered in blood. Yeah. No, it was a great little... Sh- that's, to me, Scream. So that's... You know what I didn't like, um, or I really didn't like, and it jars um, for, for me a lot, is the... Because Scream is horror, but it's not supernatural horror. It's killer, you know, it's, you know, slice and dice horror. Yeah. But um, what annoyed me was the sort of almost semi-supernatural elements it brought in with the dream sequences with um, Sydney's mother. I thought that was all right. She's just she's just reminiscing and have she's still having nightmares. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought it was all right with that. It, I think it, it probably it, looked a lot better on the on the page on the script than it was sort of realized. I don't mind them going that route, but because nothing comes of it, they don't they don't make it look like the mother's gonna come back and save her. You know what I mean? That would have been bad. Um, yeah. But no, it's just her dealing with her mother's death. Um, as she's still dealing with these nightmares, and then you add the you know obviously Ghostface. I think that was just Wes Craven's way of showing the audience that she's still dealing with this shit. Um, here's what this movie should have went. So we've got the movie set, which kind of worked, which is a rebuild of you know Rudesboro. You had Parker Posey's house, which blows up, which is Jennifer's house, which was a horrible scene. Yeah, it was just and, it just felt out of place, and it didn't yeah. really make much sense either. Especially when the guy could read all of the lines on you know these faxes that were coming through, apart from the very last one. Coincidentally, you know the the guy, you know the person who smelled yeah, the gas and or he, whatever. It's yeah, like. and he has to he has to use the lighter to read it. Come on, I know, really convoluted. Um, and then I, I actually think um. Posey Parker is actually quite good. I mean, she is annoying in the character. Stop. Annoying. No, she's not. She. Oh my. Ellie, no. Uh, Emily Mortimer, however, um, just wasn't given enough to do in it. Yeah. No. Here's here's what Emily Mortimer's character was. Emily was playing the innocent girl through the whole film. So she was playing. She was kind of playing the innocent schoolgirl. But Man. once she found out she was about to die, she she even gets mad when she goes, "I I, I didn't fuck the producer to get killed." Yes, and she ends up becoming a little more aggressive and a little more who she really is. So I got why Ellie L.B. Mortimer's character was trying to be more mousy, but I'm sorry, Parker Posey is the most fucking annoying character. They should. Oh, she is. What, oh no, I'm not. They should have got a straight actress to play that role. <laughs> I'm not no, denying she's not annoying, can, but she was sort of meant to be annoying. If that makes sense, it it didn't work. That was a bad mistake, and probably not <laughs> not fault of the actress. You're probably spot on. It's probably that's probably all on Wes Craven. Um. I did like the the Carrie, I did like the Carrie Fisher scene when they go in and they're like, "You look just like yeah." I get that all the time, but I wasn't willing to fuck George Lucas. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great line. And then <laughs> she, she uh, Gail gives her fifty dollars, and Parker Posey turns to her fifty dollars. What are you reporting for the Woodsboro High? <laughs> it was it was funny. That's a, it, it, and then it, she it, gives her the like the ring that's worth two grand or something. Yeah. Um. Let's get this train wreck of a scene done right now the randy cameo i love randy he's one of my all-time favorite film characters as i've said and it was great to see him back however it was again once again convoluted 
it was, it's, dude, it was, it was so bad. I mean, what were they thinking? What they should have done was have well, her... What they were thinking, the, the reason for it was, apparently, um, Wes Craven and, um, you know, the people involved in Scream 2 received serious hate mail and abuse for Scream 2 killing Randy off. So that was why they brought Randy back for that silly scene. Well, the, no, the rumor was he survived Scream 2. They were going to bring him back. I'd have preferred that. But they decided not to do it because Dewey already got stabbed so many times. So you can't have all these characters getting all these stab wounds and coming back. Yeah. It I would take away the, the whole effect the of... The par. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, of, the dramatic par, I mean, yeah. Exactly. Um, I th- I remember at the time, whenever this came out, um, wishing, um, really hoping upon hope that Randy would return and be the killer. Yeah, that would have been bad. That would have yeah. been funny, you know. They could have really, you know, had a, you know, done a lot with that. I, I felt. Yeah, you never know. Ooh, coming up on the new one. I, I'm thinking <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> I'm thinking um, the exact same thing. Here's another fucking thing. I wish I had. I wish I was a screenwriter because what I would have done, the, what really works in the film is the last setting, and that's um, Milton's house, the producer played by Lance Henriksen. It's basically a haunted house. It's pretty much a haunted house with, you know, smokes and mirrors, mirror, double or two-way mirrors, hidden passageways. Yeah. Um, They should have had this movie, about 90% of it, with a handful of, they're reading like a script or something, or they they spend the weekend together and figure this out. props. They could have, this whole film should have been set there. And it would have been a fucking great Ten Little Indians. Mm-hmm. Imagine that Scream remaking Ten Little Indians. Because that. Scream is a who done it, and I got the Christie who done it anyway. You wouldn't know, that, be, in wouldn't a way. that have been perfect? Yeah, I mean, I I, I liked the, I I really liked the setting of the sort of haunted house, and I felt I could have done so much more with it. Yeah, not too the, sure about the entire film or the most of the film, but definitely they could have done a lot more with it. No, I, I. They really could have tweaked it. I really think that would have been the movie. You you keep in you keep in the first act with they're on the movie set. They're filming. People are dying. Um, you keep in the Sydney being chased from the film set. So Kincaid and his partner decide. Um, hey, why don't we get everyone together and figure this out? And it'd be a By the done way, it inside uh, Milton's house. I thought that that would have been a great idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it could have been. It actually would have been something similar to the first film, in that the entire third act is basically in Stu's party. Yeah, but I'd also like to say you just mentioned um, Kincaid, the detective. I fucking love his partner. Oh, he was the best. He yep. has the best line in the film. Yeah, where he goes, where uh, Milton, the producer, goes, "Hey, why do you think this? Why do you think Cotton Weary's death's related to our film? It's Cotton Weary. He's in your film." <laughs> it's called stabbed. Yeah. He was stabbed. He's so sar- <laughs> he was so sarcastic, and um, even whenever uh, after Sydney's attacked in the set of her old house, yeah. um, he even makes um, sarky comments like, um, he, he goes, "Oh, that was um, you know, I was back in Woodsboro." He goes, "This isn't Woodsboro." <laughs> you know, so, so deadpan, you know yeah, that sort of thing. Very, very dry wit. Yeah, um, yeah, he he was nice, but little, he disappears. Uh, yeah, for the third act. Yeah, because that's what the I house is. I also quite liked um, the actor who was playing the Randy Stanton. The black guy, what do you call it? What was his name? Oh, was it, it was Tyson? Tiger was it? Or something. Tyson, wasn't it? Tyson, Tyson. Yes. he he. There was a lot of potential with him, but again, 
Um, he wasn't used enough. Yeah, his his death was wasted too. I thought um, this was one of the better deaths too. Yeah. Well, I liked. Let's talk about the twist. Um, as we know, with the screen films, we get the twist, and I'm going to say this now: it's disappointed the execution of this film wasn't better because I'm very pleased with the twist. I liked how they went full circle to close the film down. I like the fact it's the young director, Ronan, who is Sydney's half-brother. Uh, because it's a very ugly story um, oh, yeah. about this young woman, um, Sydney's mother, who we know her as Maureen Prescott. But when she was younger, very young, 17 or so, Rita Reynolds was her name. And she was raped and pretty much... It's very similar, actually, to the story of Freddy Krueger's mother in the Nightmare on Elm Street films. So there's that, you know, whole Wes Craven thing going on. All right. Well, yeah. Well, and you also have, in real life, Harvey Weinstein. Um, yes. But, it, and, and she was traumatized by this. But it caused her to have a, a, a child, uh, Ronan, who she would not even look at or raise because she wanted had nothing to do with him because of, sadly, how he was you know, conceived. And um, so I really liked his, it, his it, motive. Yeah. And it, it, it's yes, it, it does make sense and it does work. However, it it, it for me it, it is a bit of a retcon of the original, where it was just basically Billy and Stu, you know, because but then they're sort that's sort of rewritten to make it that well he was behind sort of you know no he was Billy yeah but he, but he was the puppet master for the whole thing yeah um they they and I kind of like that he's kind of the ringleader, um and when he does get it. I do like the scene where you think Sydney's dead, which caused shot coming with the bulletproof vest and all. Um, but I like the fact that they hold hands before he dies. Yeah, that's that's a uh, really touching, a beautiful scene. It's a really nice scene, and it's a moment where she knows this. This is not necessarily his fault. Yes, it, it, yeah. It's basically she's saying, you know, well, you know, he's going to die, and he's my brother. No matter what happens, I'll just be with him there in his last moment. That is a really fucking nice scene for what is basically, um, you know, a slicer film. Yeah. And then he pops up and they shoot him in the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. He's never, you know, um, killer's never um, really dead. <laughs> but I really, I mean, with a lot of trilogies, you don't get a lot of trilogies. Let's, let's get, I mean, Scream is no longer a trilogy as we'll, we'll get to. But I like the fact at the end, Dewey proposes to Gail at Sydney's place. And then you see Sydney open her gate. That's, to, a, that's the, a really nice scene yeah. uh, at the end because it gives Sydney the closure where... Her door opens, and she she um, instead of panicking, she she decides I'm moving on. That it's you know, it signifies that she's moving on with her life. That she doesn't go and put all the locks and all on it and the alarms and stuff. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, I mean, the, the, in a perfect world, I, I'd have been happy with just scream one or two, but they did wrap things up very well with the yes. third one at, at the very end. And I think it's, fair, I think it saves the film. Yes. Um, despite its flaws, I was still entertained. I was still enjoying myself. Besides, it has good posy. Um, it does, you know, it, it puts a smile on my face to see, you know, Lance Hendrickson, Roger Corman in the background. I like seeing yes. Roger Corman. Yes, you he know, gets a cameo. A little cameo. Um, I like the little things. Like, the, the you see her necklace that she wore through the whole film? Yes, that was the, the one that um, Jerry O'Connell gave her in the second one. Yeah, that's the the Greek letters. Yes. Um, and the, the, the school, the, the setting I like, you know, uh, Milton's setting, his, his home. That's yes. where they filmed H2O. That's the the school that Jamie Lee Curtis fought Michael Myers in. 
Right. Thought oh. that was kind of fun. Um, you know, I just I, it has too too much nostalgia for me to hate it. Um, it's all trilogies have a bad one. This is it. Yes, I agree. Um, we're going to go in ending this as a trilogy until we get to the next one. But as trilogies go, I was happy with how they closed it. The execution, uh, we it, it could have been done better, but the close the closing bit. Saves it. I'll give it yeah, a pass. It, it, it wraps up the, the three main characters' arcs well and in a nice way. Um, overall, as a film, it suffers badly from a lack of Kevin Williamson. And it reeks of that. And it, But it's, I mean, as you say, there's still some good parts and it. it's still generally enjoyable, you know, compared to, you know, some of the stuff we get, especially a lot of the stuff we get these days. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think ultimately what saves it are the three main leads. You know, and then you have sort of you know cult acting royalty like Lance Henriksen and stuff. So, you know, that's always you know you'll always um, sort of get a thumbs up from me for things like that. So, I, you know, it's funny. Yeah, it, uh, it's it's average, but it's it has some really good moments. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, it's one of those things you can't hate it because the scream. It's such a fun franchise, and the character, yeah, and the three main and characters. You like yeah. Gale and Dewey and Sydney, especially. We talked about the character arc. The one thing they kind of got wrong. I was hoping they'd play on that. Still, was when at the end. Remember of, of Scream Two when she has Gale has a chance to be in front of the camera again, but she decides to walk away because she finds out Dewey's alive and she runs up to see Dewey. That's right. They kind of took away that arc going into the third although, one. Although they do sort of return. Well, we'll talk about four later. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but you know, still stuff like that. But uh, you know what? At the end of the day, it's a screen film. It's not the best. It's definitely the worst of them. Um, well, until we talk the next ones here. But uh, there you have it. All around, it's That's acceptable. Three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think. I think. Just, just, just some final. I think. With, if it wasn't a scream film and it was just a, a, another generic, um, you know, slicer film, it would be instantly for, forgettable. However, the fact that it's a scream film with the scream cast saves it. I think if it was not a scream film, yeah, probably would have went straight to video, more ripped on. But you're right, the cast. But also, it can get away with some of the shit we talked about because it's a scream film. Because yeah. scream has always poked fun at itself. At the tropes and the genre as a whole. And this does it too much, but that's why I can get away with it. Uh, it's a screen film. Hey, guys, listen, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Um, we are going to continue our screen retrospective. That's right, with Scream 4. Um, you can follow us on the Citizen Frame underscore podcast and, of course, on Facebook. Um, got some new changes coming up here. I will discuss them um, next week when we do. Uh, are we doing Sing Chi? Isn't it Sing Chi or something like that? What's the Shang Marvel? Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? I believe is the correct um, title. It's the um, Marvel film that's been out, released in recent months. Yes, I want, we want to do more Marvel, and uh, and you guys asked for more Marvel. And this film, I I know Marvel comics. I've never heard of this comic, and this guy, this movie did really well. So I'm looking forward to visiting it because I have no expectations at all. Same um, here. But that's it. We will chat soon, Trevor. Thank you as always. Always a pleasure. And that's a wrap, Bruno. We'll talk soon. <laughs>